Hello, everyone. Um, this is the extremely long-awaited big world recap episode from that round at podcast. We got them all here. I'm Mike. We got Scott. We got Gavin. And we're <laughs> stoked to go through the four days plus of the event. We got Q&As from you all on Instagram. Plenty of other things to talk about. I don't know how this one, how long this one's going to last, but um, it's going like to be a pretty long one. It's going to be one. It's going to be an episode. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're excited to talk about uh, the Roundnet World Champion. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting if people would like listening to this because I don't know how most people listen, like whether they do stuff while they listen to podcasts or whether they, <laughs> you know, sit down and, <laughs> and consume the content. I don't know. <laughs> when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm always sort of doing something at the same time. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big walker. I go, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to podcasts on walks or uh, like errands or like you know doing the dishes, cleaning up. Mm, that's okay. my podcast time i i get go in a completely pitch black room under the cover <laughs> and put in just the right airpod and then listen to it <laughs> uh, I all right so guys easy, by that's the way, your cue. put the right airpod in get ready for this uh episode yep. yep here we go all right so should we start with day one i think we'll do a real recap we'll go day one uh talk about the mix then go obviously the individual tournament on day two and then go into the squad competition on day three and four, and then end with a Q&A segment and maybe a couple other little segments we have planned. So should we start with day one? Let's do it. That's a lot of stuff to go over. Good spot to start, <laughs> day one. Yeah. So starting with day one, we're in the middle of a field in Belgium, an hour east of Brussels. I don't know what you thought about the location, Mike, but I mean, the location was like amazing in regards to like having the food sorted and the bungalows, everyone staying together and everyone being really close and tight. Although the field was not the best field. (laughs) I heard that it wasn't really a field not long before the tournament and they made it a field for us, which was great. Scott, Um, did you hear that one of the field was trampled by boars? I did hear this, but I didn't want to believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently wild wild boars trampled one of the fields. Yeah. Someone's got to have an and Also, the weather didn't help. We was told by all the the locals that it it was such lovely weather in Belgium, like the whole summer. And obviously Mm -hmm. the four days, five days we were there, it was just rain and miserable, but still nice in moments. But every day it rained at some point. Yeah. I, um, yes. So I forget where you are arrived beautiful field nice let's just start day one opening ceremonies big big start to the day got some hype announcements started with is that the the german slash more adapted european anthem uh to start off the the weekend oh unfortunately wasn't there oh that's yeah. I came like middle middle of the day through the as the mix was happening. I just drove past and was like, "Oh my gosh, this looks insane!" Just all the national teams cheering on their mixed team because obviously only like two players out of the sixteen squad was playing, so it was just so hype. Yeah, it was pretty funny because like everyone just kind of made their way to the field and were warming up, and it was kind of a funny like, "What are we supposed to do? What's going on here?" <laughs> Everyone's warming up, and then everyone goes over for the opening ceremony starts dancing like i'm just expecting some announcements and then there's like a dance party and so <laughs> it started off on the great foot and then we talked about this earlier scott but like then right because it's mixed and there were only 25 teams like w- the individual matchups had huge cheering squads and it was like the most fun i think i've ever mm. had a s- most fun i've ever had during pool play for sure <laughs> just people going 
crazy back and forth for certain games. Uh, it, and was, it was also because the yeah. tournament wasn't spread out as much as it was obviously during the squad competition. It was all on like mm-hmm. the small field. You know, all the games were going on at the same time. You didn't have to walk far between mm-hmm. games. Everyone was close. There was a massive huddle and ring around each game. Yeah, the mix was such a great vibe. Yeah, and so uh, there's so many things. Yeah, so also just like the vibe, like this is when Ger- we first saw Germany with their uh, with their drum. Oh, um, my someone let me know. Let us know that I said last time we're hearing a lot of butt cheeks. Um, learned that was Hopschwitz which I learned, which is like, go Switzerland. I learned that in the event, but I forgot that I mentioned, like, I think I heard butt cheeks today as a chant. <laughs> Gavin, I want to know how much did like the crowd noise, specifically the German drum, make it through the streams? Oh, it was definitely prevalent. You could hear, you could hear just about everything. Um, yeah. I like... mean, I, I heard a lot of butt. And, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I, I, I mean, I can't imagine what it was like to actually be there. Um, but at the same time, seeing it on screen, mm-hmm. uh, on stream, and being able to hear everything going on from the crowds, especially from the streams that had multiple microphone microphones, it just seemed like a ridiculous atmosphere to be in. And uh, especially with all the teams that didn't have everybody playing, mm-hmm. since it was just co-ed that day. I mean, yes, it is. It seemed like an awesome atmosphere, even. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, crowds and round there. It was just incredible. I mean, the atmosphere of the tournament for me has to go when uh, Germany was playing uh, the US in the women's final. And I kid you not, like it was an early morning. We're all sitting in a massive ring. Everyone's come out to watch the final. It's obviously the first seed, the first seed. Uh, Julia and Tina versus uh, Ali and Becca and it was just just amazing because it was like the misty it was like misty in the background so you literally couldn't see like 50 feet or like 20 meters past the actual ring where we was playing you just couldn't see into the distance so it felt like everyone everything was happening in this small enclosed ring you got the German drums and a massive German chants just like singing throughout the whole final like yeah yeah. I have to say Germany and Switzerland for that the whole tournament had such like a massive crowd and such a following and it, honestly if you came yeah. and didn't play massive props to you because they helped create an incredible atmosphere throughout the whole I I want to say one of my favorite my favorite chants um was when they would just chant the players names obviously the funniest <laughs> one was just um we'll talk about people chanting Benny and Nelson <laughs> Benny and Nelson but like yeah, Jul- like Tina and Julia, I think just like yeah, hearing yeah. people's names chanted was like I just love the let's funny. go Europe on the mix yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so funny because it was on the mixed day. It was when it was um, uh, Switzerland v. the US in the final, which we'll get mm-hmm. to in a second. It was like, let's go Europe. And everyone's just <laughs> singing and chanting with them. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be singing this tomorrow. Tomorrow it's going to be France v. Austria. It's going to be Switzerland, Italy. Yeah. It's going to be GV Sweden. And it's just like, yeah. it was just so funny. It was also funny when uh, the top seed of Germany was playing top seed of the US again in the women's um, in that misty final. And the Germans were sort of singing and having loads of like German chants. It was really cool and fun. And then it went to the third set. And they sort of changed tactics. They was like, you know what? We're going to stop some of the German chants and we're just going to sing, let's go Europe yeah. and let's try and get everyone involved. It was just like, yeah. Oh, I love this. And then we yeah. had the let's go Europe, USA. Let's yeah. go Europe, USA. Anyway, little tangent. It was very cool, especially, and it carried the whole weekend, but especially that first day, there was just so much energy and so much country pride 
Um, because like you like you said, you could have twelve people watching two people from your country battle. So it was very very cool. Um, well, let's fast forward. Talk about the the later stuff. So eventually, I forget. Um, I mean, it was the finals that we expected, right? Which was Switzerland, the U.S. It was, yes, it wasn't unexpected. Okay, fair. It wasn't unexpected. It wasn't mm-hmm. unexpected. Obviously, there was a lot of teams that we thought could have potentially played in that final versus the U.S. That yes. obviously being Germany, which Switzerland beat, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, Switzerland yes. beat in the semifinal, and the U.S. beat Canada. Uh, in their mm-hmm. semi-final. Uh, so we, they were sort of the four teams we was expecting with obviously France, Great Britain, and maybe a couple others sort of be up there, which they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it would definitely, it, the, probably one of the games of the tournament though was definitely Switzerland, Austria. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, my, it wasn't Germany actually. I think yeah, Germany no, it wasn't. lost in the quarters via the US. It was actually Austria. Because yeah. now I remember it was Nelson yeah. and Megan um, and they played Switzerland in the semifinal and it was a three-setter and it was, the atmosphere was great. There were so many rallies. Yes. Guys, I, was, yes. we, we got to say, I'm so fried that I commentated that match, right? I have zero <laughs> recollection. <Yeah>. <laughs> zero. <laughs> the day one game. Uh, yeah. Um, that's super funny, but no, it was, I, well, now I'm remembering it more, but that when you first said it, like, the no, of the it was electric. It was yeah. electric. Yeah. Yep. And then Austria ended up beating Canada in the, uh, third place playoff to get third. Mm-hmm. And then obviously us, us took the final in two against Switzerland. I believe it was in two. Yep. Um, yeah. So the cool, I mean, obviously I thought that series was extremely high level as it should be as mm-hmm. a finalist. Obviously, the bummer aspect was that it got paused yeah. for, for 45 minutes. Um, dealing as a bigger thing, we'll talk about maybe later as we don't recap, but like the rain just absolutely sucked. And I think like I'm saying regardless of how I experienced, like if there was no rain, it would have been like a like a 15 out of 10 event. Like it like the rain is one like one of the near negatives or like mm-hmm. major negatives that like really affected it. I think it was still an incredible event, but I'm just like, dang, without that rain, it would have been like just something completely different. The only yeah. positive thing about the rain is that it never all came at once. And like imagine if it yeah. rained the whole day. Like I whole yes. day, would you either postpone like the tournament, like a day, which you can't do, yeah. or do you just play out in the rain? And it's like, you can't do anything yeah. with balls that are wet and just it's ab- yeah, absolutely hailing it down. So yeah, luckily, and luckily also it didn't come in the morning where everyone's absolutely drenched Yeah, and then it's just in wet clothes the whole day. It sort of came <laughs> a sort of later on towards in mm-hmm. the day for most, most days when it did. And I think there's so much, go watch the film of this stuff. I think just the standout i gotta shout out uh, ramon felix in that finals like everyone knew laura uh Kunzelman was great as was ryan and kara and i think mm-hmm. the question was like how is how is felix and he he played yeah. incredible he, yeah. he played awesome mm-hmm. he played so good so that was huge and then obviously i think the benefit of the rain is that we got to run out there it was dark under the light ending it with a with a bang of a serve everyone going crazy it it ended up nice um but it was a yeah it was it was uh scott you weren't were you there at that point yeah you were there mixed finals yeah yeah like it was a beautiful cap to the end of the first day Mm -hmm. like it all kind of came together yeah um which really great and we had the longest tunnel that anyone had ever seen everyone running up and uh, yeah going on the podium it was 
we had some crowd surfing too. Yeah, it was uh, an insider. If if you saw like there was some cool smoke, so there were some like smoke bombs put off to add atmosphere, and then all of a sudden it was like way too much smoke, and we all had to like <laughs> run away. It was like that's a lot of smoke. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It felt strange after the mixed final and the podium had happened. It was like oh. So we're done now. <laughs> it's just like everyone was yeah. ready from all around it. It felt like, but obviously there was a lot more still to come. But it's just like, yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah, it was a, it was so a crazy day. Obviously, really there was so much. I think I was I was just really impressed by all of the play I saw on Sunday. Like, or sorry, sorry, not Sunday. Whatever. Was it Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Because I saw so many teams that I'm like, wow, these this this these men and these women are very talented and then i'd look on flango and they'd like have lost a lot of games and i'm like dang the like the skill was very high so i kept being extremely impressed with like wow these players are really good and then the players i thought were really good were also losing i'm like wow everyone's really good Hmm. Um, especially from i think it's a very cool opportunity to obviously teams can do well in the individual tournament but the fact that it's just like one team per country yeah putting it together like you often you may put your best man your best woman having that as an opportunity i think is i'm i'm a i'm a huge fan of the mixed day are are you guys aware of which teams i know that someone enacted or uh, an informal rule where they said that if you were playing in the individual or the squads that you wouldn't be able to play um as a co-ed team i know that u.s vouched for that but i i, I think canada was one of the more notable ones that decided to do something like that I think quite um, a few. I think it was on quite a, country, a few actually. Yeah, basis, Belgium right? did the same. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think it was quite a few countries in total that didn't have, uh, yeah, had a separate team. Germany too, a separate mm-hmm. team for for coed, and yeah, again, it's all sort of whatever they prefer to do. I don't see. I see maybe in the future it going down that route. Um, yeah, having I, one specific team for coed, but I don't know what like one. the organizers would like to do. I love the idea behind it, which is like, let's get more people on the team. Let's let's open up a couple more spots. Maybe there's a team that really wants to focus on the mixed division, but obviously, I don't know. I, I, you also could, there's the argument that you wanted to see the best, the best of the best, the yeah. best from that country. So um, I like that different countries made it. I'd be interested to see if the IRF or the organizers maybe have a preference for what it would like to be in the future. It seems yeah. like either way that that goes, I mean, it, it works out for the better. I, I just think it's kind of kind of weird that there were some that in, decided to do it and some that yeah. weren't. It would have been, it's kind of unfortunate that we didn't either get to see that solidified single team that was chosen for co-ed or the mm-hmm. best of the best from either country. But either way, it was really exciting. Mm-hmm. I think it also had like some good opportunities for different one, like the Canada team. I think a lot of people were counting them out. So getting to fourth place, um, I think, was was a great result for them, um, you know just putting some little more emphasis and a little more glory to some of the, the lesser known players that might not have the opportunity to play elsewhere. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. So before we recap the mixed tournament, any notable mentions or any like overachievers, you just mentioned Canada there, any other sort of a no- notable, uh, yeah, notable mentions or big achievers or maybe countries that massively underperformed that we wouldn't expect. Um, I wanted to say shout out to the Japan team. I think the biggest height difference between partners uh, possible. <laughs> I have no idea what was. It? Oh, uh, the I the 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 the. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a math guy. The guy was probably <laughs> at least six feet, maybe six two, and the woman was probably like four eight. 
uh, big, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, big difference. And uh, yeah, so that was pretty, that was pretty interesting. Um, uh, I don't know. Well, now I have to pull up the, the Fuengo, Scott. Yeah, well, um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I think obviously, mm-hmm. again, no real surprises in that top four. I mean, Canada did well, but not really too surprised with Switzerland coming in second and Austria third. Um, yeah, I think Germany fifth along with France and then GB in Sweden in seven. So I don't really think any yeah, real surprises there either. So I think everyone did pretty much as they expected or would have mm-hmm. hoped at, at the bare minimum. So not too many, yeah, big mentions or biggest winners or biggest losers, I think, in my opinion. I need to rewatch the Switzerland-Austria series because, I, oh again, I don't really remember much of it. The fact that I watched, <laughs> which is, like, terrible. It will go um, down definitely as one of the, the classic mixed there were just There were just so games. many things I watched that day one is just a blur. But it went three games. Game two was 30-28. So I'm, I'm watching that back immediately mm-hmm. after I this. Was, like, how <laughs> was it, Gavin? Like, how was it, Gavin, from, like, outside just – because obviously it's just so much content. Like the content that's come out of the world is is just like ridiculous. Just so much content. How was it like trying to consume slash take everything in from such a far when you don't really know what's happening, but there's probably so many games that you want to watch, but maybe didn't really get to see all of them. Maybe you did some live, but not obviously all the games. So it's like, yeah. What was it like just watching it from such a far? Yeah. So some of the later games I had, I didn't really have the opportunity to watch or some of the, some of the earlier and then some of the later games, I didn't really have an opportunity to watch um, kind of like the round of 64 or 32 for and stuff like that. But uh, when it, when it came to watching the games, it was kind of, it, it was difficult to watch more than one at a time. Although I really did try um, when I was watching specifically the Austria versus, uh, wait, Austria versus Swiss, Switzerland. Yep. Yeah. Austria yep. versus yep. Switzerland game. I, I kid you not, I rewinded three or four times just to watch Nelson's body defense and how quick like that that was one aspect of it that I was like, I, I shouldn't be rewinding this because it's so exciting to watch it live. But at the same time, wow, this is riveting. And it was such an exciting close game to watch. I think the atmosphere, I, I can't imagine what it, what it would have been like in person. But at the same time, uh, yeah, trying to keep track of all the games at once. I think you just had to choose one and kind of focus on that. Otherwise, it kind of got scattered. Um, if you're trying to kind of talk with the chat, interact with everyone, you kind of miss things. But I mean, I think I mean, same thing holds for if you're in person having a discussion with someone next to you. Um, I think it was it was a really fun series to watch, and uh, through the stream, yeah, I had a great time watching it as well. Yeah, um, nice. Can we can we before we uh, we would never forget? Can we please shout out uh, Thomas Tops Ben Dantwitz and everyone that streamed oh all the gosh, extra games yeah. this weekend? Unreal, mm. unreal. Yeah. Like. Especially tops out in the rain doing the <laughs> the the finals on uh Saturday. Anyway, just had to put that in real quick. I, They'll get more mentioned, but just gotta gotta throw it in. I yeah. have to speak to uh um Ben. Ben's Ben's stream was like and and he had no control over it, but his stream was at some point ten minutes behind. And there's people that were coming in from the from the other games at Fuengo and everything and telling everyone what had happened already. But uh, at some point, I think Ben didn't realize that I, or maybe Ben's the type of guy I feel like that he didn't care. Either he didn't care or he didn't know his microphone was on, but he he was having a discussion with, I think, one of the German players. And he goes, yeah, I keep walking up to Europeans and telling them that I don't like their country. And they just tell me that they don't like me either. It was just so, <laughs> it was just so funny. It's like, I don't understand why the Europeans don't like me. I mean, I keep saying that I don't like them, but they keep saying that they don't like me back. <laughs> So he's just talking uh, tons of crap. It, it was it was fun to watch his stream. Ben too. was having a good time. Ben was a right. constant wanderer. 
Yes. Um, yeah. I just every time I looked wander. up, I just saw him with his tripod, just head up, scanning, scanning the, the next field. place. Yep. But yeah. So awesome that we have people like that that want to go around and obviously uh, stream the events. So valuable. So okay, are we good to two? move on day one? Yeah. Yes. Day two. So the individuals tournament. So where everyone obviously, all the teams that are registered. It doesn't matter about your squad right now. Everyone's competing against everybody. Uh, games was a 15, which we haven't actually talked about yet, but big, not a fan, not a fan, big dislike, <laughs> big dislike in the chat. Um, understand we have loads of games to be played, but you're playing against this new team that you've never played against for for the first time and you're playing to 15. Like, in my opinion, like it has to be 21. Like there's just, just in my opinion, yeah, we have loads of games to get through, but it, what's another, you know, it's going to be most games going to be 21 16 21 17 so that's an additional what seven points i mean you're going to play in total if most games are 15 12 that's what 27 yeah 27 so you're going to play 35 points instead of 27 points i mean it on average what in my opinion that's just so much more that's so much better for for the for the players for the organizers because I don't really think that takes up a huge amount more time. What takes mm-hmm. up more time is people waiting to go to their next game. And if more stress is put on that, then mm-hmm. I don't think we have a problem in games going to 21. Um, just my opinion slash feedback for the future. Again, loads of games to get through, but I think you have to play to 21. We only started to yeah. play to 21 when it got to the quarterfinal. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I guess uh, I guess they're probably right. At- Regardless, say it was ine- inevitable... We got to make some time somewhere. Would you have rather 21 in pool play or in the first two rounds of bracket? Probably in pool play because pool play is mm-hmm. so important when it comes to your seeding that usually if you get where you deserve to be in pool play or um, yeah, in pool play, then your first two or first one game, at least in bracket is much easier yeah. because you know, you've already got your deserved. There's not too many, there's not too many higher seeds going out in the first round of bracket. Yeah. Whether that's to 15 or to 21, it's not really going to make much of a difference because your first matchup is pretty easy. And that goes for most tournaments, not just world. So I think uh, that's the correct answer. They'd rather have it in pool play. I think, yeah, I don't know what the thought process is. Obviously, probably time, um, you know, the the weather was yes, an unpredictable one. If it you was know. sunny and no rain, would we have done 21? I'm not sure. That's the or question indoors. I like to ask. Maybe, because, because you're totally right. It's like, you just got to be more on the people to play their games help facilitate ideally uh more balls than we had um so that game you didn't have to chase balls all the time Um, no um yeah yeah yes or more balls that are also better so we're gonna mention this now because it's gonna come up inevitably right the balls were absolutely tragic like i'm Mm. gonna say it like come at me i don't care if you were there, you know, if you, if you were there and you didn't realize that's even more tragic in my opinion, but two thirds of the balls that were there at the event were the awful, awful material, plasticky material, die off your hand, no feeling like those balls. How were they even at the world championship? Like spike ball, like, come on, like, like I'm really saying it like this cannot be happening our world championship you can't be having having these balls in circuit like one they shouldn't even be in circulation right the, the manufacturing problem that's gone wrong and they've produced loads of balls that obviously aren't to the standard that we all know and should be used in the sport we know that 
But the fact that they've been in, you know, circulation for a while and they've managed to find their way to the world championship, like if anything, give those to the friggin' people who are buying a backyard set. Make sure they are not, absolutely not being given out at a world championship. It's just, like, the difference is ridiculous. If, if somebody's serving it to me with a proper rubber ball and I'm serve-receiving it or I'm setting it, it's a totally different feeling than having to serve-receive or set a piece of plastic that I'm really having to physically push because it's such a different material. Like... I'm going to have to put a video together at some point of just showing the difference of when you drop them, the sound it makes, the bounce difference, the when you just push them up with the same amount of velocity. Like, it's this is a mini rant, but I honestly hope so many people really understand how tragic it was and how spiteful this cannot happen. Like, so many good things about the event, so many good things that spiteful did. But this, fine. Fair. yeah, just massive <laughs> no-no. It cannot um, happen again. Yeah. I'll put this out there though. I, I did end up, the stream had world 2022, the 50% off this discount code that 25% people <laughs> could use. And I definitely went online and ordered some new balls and they were the good kind that we all know and love that have that tacky Dang. rubbery sensation. So if you're going on and you're trying to get new balls, hope put, put in the same lucky, get some good ones. But yeah, I can attest to the fact that some of them just feel like ripping onto olive yeah. oil and they feel like they're made of plastic, not rubber. The rebound is god awful. And I can't, and, and the thing is they look just the same. So yeah. if someone's to serve that ball, the rebound is unpredictable. It's really tell without feeling it for, but mm -hmm. it's tragic. I, mean, I went round before my games trying to find a proper rubber ball before we started them. Oh, that's common. Play yeah. with the same two balls during the whole game. And if someone yeah. brought in a new ball that I hadn't felt, I just asked them before they served it, like, hey, can I feel that? Not because I was worried about the air pressure or anything like that. The air pressure in the, the balls, balls right? I just had to feel if it was a plastic ball or if it was a rubber ball. Yeah, it's just crazy. And I yeah. actually, like thinking about it now, I feel sorry for all the people that potentially played the whole tournament with plastic balls because there would have been, I mean, there were so many bad balls there there's no doubt well, there, were, some people there weren't played... a lot of balls yeah there weren't a lot of balls. There, there weren't there were i don't know there wasn't a huge amount of balls and and, yeah. and given all of those that were there i don't know how that's fair i guess i'm not a player i noticed only like a, uh one or two or three balls per net you know? mm, yeah. yeah yeah exactly one or two per net yeah three some people had but you was often searching around trying to find yeah to get a couple of yeah. balls before you started your game but i just feel i just feel sorry because i know there would have been a large majority yeah. of players and teams that would have played the majority of their event with these really bad balls and maybe just never thought about it because they only played with the bad balls, they didn't play with the good ones. I don't know. I'm just putting out there. It's a real shame because that definitely affects gameplay. It affects, you know, how you play as an individual. It I, um, I need to tag along to this with separate but the same that um, I was playing pickup at after the event. Uh sunday and there were only like 20 balls on the field and we we're looking for more balls and you know what um there weren't any more balls. once again people take balls and it's so hard like it happens in the u.s all the time people were like oh i'll just grab one it's not a big deal but all 500 people do that and then all of a sudden there's no balls and it's really harder for the organizers again because now they have to order the big bunch of balls to go mm -hmm. with the sets. And sometimes, I mean, you could say like it, it is, I mean, again, you shouldn't steal from an event, especially if it's run by like an organizer, like if it's round at Belgium and they own all of these and you're directly stealing from the, the organizers or other mm -hmm. groups like that. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah. That needs to stop. Yeah. Disappointing. You, yeah. You wouldn't, please you wouldn't don't go do to that. a tennis event. You wouldn't go to a tennis event or a, you know, a mini football tournament or a, you know, a badminton tournament and just steal a shuttlecock or a tennis ball or a football. Like you just so why yeah. is that 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 needs to stop? If that's sort of a normal or a thing, like that needs to like stop. I mean, I yeah. actually lost balls while I was at the event because I brought yeah. one to the pool and I brought one to the event, like to the field, because I didn't like trust if we could find good balls. So I brought my mm. own. Ended up losing both. I think didn't matter. It wasn't a big deal, but people should not be like, yeah, taking balls from an event. It's you wouldn't do it in any other sport. So there's no reason why you should be doing it in round. Gotta think that there's a market for a spike ball within it's definitely people pay they got, the premium. Unfortunately, for that. they have bigger problems than putting <laughs> air tags in their balls. Yeah. So that's a bummer. I I had to play pickup with one ball and there was not many people around. So we were shagging. Shagging for miles. So if you don't want Mike uh, to play pickup after an event with one ball, uh, please don't take balls. It's just not great. <laughs> just yep. don't take things that aren't yours, regardless. <laughs> yeah. Okay. On to back to more of a positive note. Day two, individuals tournament. Again, like we mentioned, everyone against everyone. It ended also in a way that we expected. Uh, wasn't too many surprises other than Swamp Donkeys. Being the only team outside of the US to get a top five finish by beating Gabe and Max for fifth place. Yeah. Um, but other than that, no real surprises with Buddy and Clark winning. So massive congrats to them. The biggest uh, tournament to date and the uh, the world champions as they is their title now until it will be, until the new ones are crowned in, I think it's two years. I don't know when mm-hmm. they're doing the next event. We'll get to that. Um, and then was it Frederick and, and Matt, Matt in second? Yep. And then Thomas... And Will in third, yep. uh, being Dan and Ryan. So, yep. And I'll say yeah. shout out to uh, Por Combien was the other team that got T5. Por Combien mm. and Swamp Donkeys. Okay. Both teams. But it was Por Combien over uh, Benny and Nell to get that spot. Um, they played Por Combien so beat Benny and Nelson? In... They beat them in the back draw for T5. Okay. And then we'll get to the score. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, they quick, are such quick, rivals but anyway quick, so yeah i was gonna say but, quick aside um thomas hamilton's back in the states we were in indiana yesterday at a tournament and i get out of my car and i'm walking up to go set up and i see him i go oh my gosh is that world champion thomas hamilton <laughs> and he looks at me dead serious straight in the eyes he goes i got and that was the end of the cover that was the end of the conversation he's like i got third place i'm like what about squads he's like doesn't count that, oh man, is, that man is hungry if anyone's hungry but <laughs> Quick aside, anyways. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about some cool thing. Uh, of course, Scott, do you know how many countries on the men's side had all of their teams in top 64? So I might know, but you're definitely going to tell me. I'm guessing. Oh, uh, no, I'm genuinely asking. Oh, damn. Then I don't know. <laughs> so I know. I know Canada. We got US, Canada and the US. Germany. Austria, I think. Germ- uh, we've already said Germany. Did we say Germany? Oh. US, Canada. Austria, maybe. Um, Germany, maybe France. GB for sure. I know that for a fact. Um, Switzerland. I don't know. I'm just saying is a. Either way, I think cool. there was there was definitely not more than eight. Um, definitely not more than eight, but probably six or seven. I'm actually gonna look it up now. Yeah, I just wanted to go through. Well, that was one thing. Is that that's pretty cool to have you know all your teams do well and pool play to make the top bracket. Mm-hmm. But I'm just gonna rattle off some random notes that i have um let's talk about well so the, so the big thing is that there were what 27 pools or something 26 pool, i don't know 
So even if you went four and oh, you still got like a you know, you would face another four and oh team early. So the epitome was that of that was 16 versus 17, uh, wasabi versus assistive touch. And then obviously assistive touch actually cleaned him up pretty good. And then of course, wonky sauce gets the one seed. Someone summed up their point diff from pool play. Oh my God. If you put all their point diff together, mm. they still would have won one game. Like if you put all of their <laughs> opponents points together, they still would have won 15, 13. Like, That's insane. Crushing Didn't... it. They had a 15, zero. Yeah, yeah. Blake served 15 in a row. Yeah. It's insane. So crushing it. But of course they played assistive touch in the round of 16 and lost. Unfortunate. Um, uh, yeah. just... It was tough. I mean, I really, even, yeah, there are a lot of teams that gave good runs to a yeah. lot of different teams. The German mm-hmm. team took a game off of um, Gabe and Max. And I watched that and the German team looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, we we're talking so much about things that are going to happen in the Q&A, but like the, the the level of play was just like, I guess it was just so much higher than I. I don't know really what I expected, but it was like so much higher than I expected. <laughs> yep. Speaking of notable play. We have to give Taiwan a shout. The Typhoons in the round of 64 took a set off of... We do need Fred, to mention that. Hey, I watched Mac- it. Fred I watched Mac- it live. We I also got clips to back that up, and, so we're going to make a lovely reel and, out of this. Just oh Taiwan coming out of absolutely nowhere and taking a set off Fred and Matt. Just so, acing yeah. Fred with a ridiculous reverse cut that yeah, I, I had no idea was coming, and Fred obviously didn't. Yeah, 15-5. 14 to 16, Taiwan wins the second game. 15 to 4. Hey, yeah. That second game. It's, I mean, that's a win. It's fun. like I watched it. Like they just went on a nice run. It was actually yeah. pretty, pretty great. Um, hitting her. Yeah, yeah, it was yes. it was it was really cool. And 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 like the the excitement on their faces was just like that is palpable. Even through yeah. I watched I watched it like after after the stream, even or I watched it. Matt Cole posted it, I think, a couple days later, and I watched it and I was like, wow. Yeah. They're going to tell their grandkids. <laughs> so I think, right. Other things. Cool. I think there's so many things we mentioned, so many but things. that we mentioned, right. U S had five of the eight spots. The other three was swamp donkeys who gave assistive touch a nice run for their money going mm-hmm. to three. Yeah. And obviously giving a run for money the next day. And then we had Benny and Nelson, of course. And mm-hmm. so game one, they lost to Hamilton and Pacone 21 11, but game two, they actually had a lead. And so many people were watching it. They were chanting Benny and Nelson and let's go Europe. And it was fun because Will Pacone was chirping back a little bit. They were cheering, let's go Europe. And then Will had a, like an ace and he's like, what, what's that? What's that? You're quiet. Oh. Like very, like definitely uh, friendly in nature, but pretty funny. And I think Will was, I think he said like, I, he was, he didn't want to be cheered again. So, or like, he didn't know how he would handle being cheered again. So he definitely played it nicely. And then ended up, they won, uh, the U.S. won 21-19, but it was just, an unbelievable match that that was one of my favorite matches to watch but shout out benny nelson right top eight mm-hmm. and then the other one was of course poor combien um who actually had a very close three games with uh zero fall damage brown and babin uh yeah sorry, sorry last night. went 25 23 in game three so it's so funny that like even the french team as well uh yeah lacombe and Chenec, mm-hmm. which i'm not yep. pronouncing right of course but they took uh, Fred and uh, Matt to three as well in the quarterfinals. Yeah. So I think like, I'm saying it's two things. It's cool that like I saw so much play and so many close games, but it's also funny that it ended up with five US teams, Swamp Donkeys, Pork Convien, and RCG Powerline. It's true. funny that like, 
it did end up with like what we kind of expected, mm-hmm. like five Canadians, five US, one Canadian, and our two, <laughs> two uh, lefty on two power ranked European teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, funny how that happens. Funny how that works. Um, what else was crazy was uh, assist of touch getting matched up against three Canadian. Wait, was it three or four? Yeah, yeah, yep. they four, just, yeah. yeah three was, three Canadian yeah. teams consecutively, and yeah. and then ended up taking out Wonky Sauce. They take they took, took out, out Wasabi, um, Wasabi, and then Swamp yeah. Donkeys. And before that, they took out this scrub of a team, Beaks Rogers. <laughs> uh, anyway, um. <laughs> Just continue. I feel like I'm just rambling to go through it. So I'm going to talk about the big drama that you may have missed if you weren't here. So one side uh, you saw streamed on the Spikeball Tour series, simple, a scissor touch beat Ryan Gross, uh, Dan Abrams. But the other side, we had Cohen Hamilton, Cole Hinkle. So game one went the way of Cole Hinkle. And at this point, it was actually like pouring pretty good. And it was getting an end. So at this point, Hinkle was like, are we playing? We should, like shouldn't play. Like this is dumb. And so, but they did. They played their game, and essentially uh, played like through the rain. It was an absolute mess of a game. And I think even like had to pause mid game because it was so rainy. Went out and finished it, and it went to Will and Thomas. So then I think we had this long pause, if I remember. And then we go out to do game three. Super dark super rainy and muddy um not the players like didn't really want to play it and it was this incredibly entertaining muddy rainy game um but the drama at the end i guess not drama well kind of drama will pacone and thomas hamilton have game point frederick gets it up and like accident like dinks it on like the easiest little dumb hit in the world and then thomas hamilton hits rim to make it 2020 and so now they're in extras. It's this whole thing. They're frustrated. I mean, they're all just like, this is dumb. We shouldn't be playing. Um, but essentially, the biggest drama is 20, let's say, 24s. Frederick hits a serve. Um, let, let the record show. I thought it was clean. But Frederick thinks it's like absolute rim. Will and Thomas thinks it's rim. And at some point, just like, I think Will is just like rim and like looks to the observers like, I mean, there's no right, I think, definition of like what going to observers is, but very much like Rims looks to the observers, like maybe asking for a call. So the observers actually both had had good Ben and Ezra Dantowitz. And so Frederick's laughing because he didn't even want to play at this point. And he's like, I just got the a call. I guess I'll take that call. Will's very uh, upset in the moment, Will Pacone. Um, and then 25 24 frederick hits like the best serve of his life and just absolutely blasts it and they win obviously the uh will pacone and thomas hamilton are set hinkle's just like all right we just kind of lucked out there um and so little uh tense end of the day and i think i brought this up last time like um but it was all good sportsmanship afters it just took a second to calm down uh, the Dantowitz do not feel bad about their call because that's what they saw. And truthfully, from my perspective, I had good. The only funny doubt is Frederick going like, no, that was absolutely rim. And I think he was like, I didn't even go to like observers. It just like went to observe. And I think it was like Will and Thomas kind of like gesturing to the observers. So this I game was streamed, right? This was, I don't know if it was, but I could be wrong. The mm-hmm. footage exists. This long ramble to show, I think it's more of like a more understanding the process of like going to observe. 
because like I interpret when we watch the video of like this gesture of right Will or Thomas whoever it was like gesturing to the other god like going to observers we, there's no real at least there could be and I should probably know this but like a, a strict go to observers process is often not you mm-hmm. where it's like and I've seen I saw Europe a lot where it's like they'll just talk about it and they don't go to observers because like they can just talk it out yeah. So I think like in a different, maybe a less 24s, 24s game three in the rain situation, right? They just talk and they go, no, that was rim. And Frederick goes, yep, rim. And Matt Cole goes, you sure? I wasn't so sure. And Frederick goes, definitely rim. They throw yeah. it over. No observers interacted at all. That's, but I think in this moment, it was a very much like, nope, definitely not a rim or definitely a rim kind of thing. Everything's moving so fast. It's so tense that it becomes this whole thing. And so I kind of, and I think a lot in the U.S. there is this very quick to observers. A lot of times, just for like a quick check, right? Like rim, yep, rim. But I think this is maybe one of the cases where it's like the observer disagrees. And I think this long ramble is more of a case to show like I think players should be a little more understanding about like the process of of what the observer is there for. And I think the observer adds an additional perspective. And so I think it is important to discuss with the people at the net first before just going to the observe mm-hmm. um you know so long yeah. ramble over i think that anyway. i doubt that would have happened with if it was like if like you said poor combien versus uh rcg power i think they would have just all went yep it was rim okay and we move on there was mm-hmm. no need for that assurance of an observer which we see in the u.s i mean and all players that have played in europe and the u.s all say that they just use the observers so much yeah. um maybe in some situations obviously too much and i mean yeah, if Will would just said well, if they just all like yeah, yeah in a in a agreed there was rim, then it they would have just yeah. And it's so hard because in. like I think it's just like the observer is to have a perspective that you didn't have or if you disagreed. I guess this is more philosophy of observing. This is a just such a motley crew of an episode. We're just going in and out of different <laughs> stuff. But um I uh but it's like sometimes like you have the best perspective, right? Like if like Thomas has a much better view on that rim likely than like Ezra did behind them mm-hmm. or, or, or Ben. So not that like, and observers are just there for when like you guys both had it. Like, I think the other thing is like, I don't know. And now I'm just spitting is like, uh, oftentimes maybe this is not what right. An ideal, like competitive environment would do, but like oftentimes if you disagree with a different player, again, the idea would be like, you saw this and I saw this, let's go to the observer. I think there is a, real sportsmanship case of i saw this and you saw this but you were like at the net so i'm gonna believe you right like Mm -hmm. you had the better perspective and sometimes it is like okay you had a better perspective but i think i had a good perspective so like i'm still gonna go to observers but i think that's the other thing and it's very challenging in a competitive environment but i think that's the other thing too of like often your opponent does have a better perspective and even if you saw something you may want to trust them. It's 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 a complicated thing. So now I'm going to end my ramble on observing. Uh, back to you guys. Well, if we can take anything <laughs> about it, I think just formalizing the process, going to observers versus not, and then being not being head. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Gavin, you froze a little bit there, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you had a good <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So moving on to individuals, women's. Uh, wait, wait, we wait. Mentioned about yeah. So on to the women's. We all know the outcome. First place, right? Becca. Uh, and Ali. What was interesting is that they actually had a lot of games that went to three sets. 
even starting from the round of 32. So in the round of 32, they dropped the set to Sweden, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, no, a, fin a Finnish team, I believe. Right. Um, uh, looking now. I see they Sweden. Sweden. To Sweden, yes. Finn and Finn and Hindocha. I'm probably again saying it wrong. Hard <laughs> surnames are tough. Um, but yeah, they lost the first set, 15-13, uh, then came out and won the second and third, 15-11, 15-10. Uh, they even lost the first set in the final versus uh, Kara and Ali. So, I mean, it's talking about winning it hard. I mean, they also dropped the set to a German team as well, the first set, 22-20. Mm -hmm. Um, in the quarterfinal so yeah they definitely didn't win it the easy way um, it definitely doesn't show that of course they won and congrats to them for first place but it doesn't show that they was you know head and shoulders above everyone yeah. They, uh, I, yeah, yeah I think it's really interesting sets. right because like they dropped those first games but none of their second games were a two-point game which That's is like true. Right, like I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss what you say, but it's like, right, they lose game one and then they win 15, 11, 15, 10. Lose mm -hmm. game one, 21, 16, 21, 16. Lose game one, 21, 18, 21, 16. Like it is super interesting that they drop those games and then manage to be like to just do so much better. Yeah. And then that also comes into like the coaching aspect of, I mean, how much were they learning from that first set? And again, mm -hmm. we're playing games to, you know, short games against a new opposition to either 15 or 21 to adapt quickly is a real skill. And obviously they did very well in realizing, oh crap. Okay. First game, she has that, she has that. She doesn't have this, she doesn't have this. Like how are we best manipulating the opponents? That adaptability is a huge skill, especially when playing new opposition. And they obviously done that very well mm -hmm. and probably a massive help to their, their coach as well. And Joel Gray and PJ Showwater as well, I'm sure was helping them. And I think a couple other people that was yeah very much active in helping them along their journey and winning and taking the first place. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's um again, I've said it before, but the standout was their win over Switzerland. I mean, so I think multiple things. I think the... The comeback against the German team, right? Losing 22-20 and then winning 21-60, 21-60 was like a big grind because that team... In the quarterfinal, yeah. Yeah, in the quarterfinals. That um, that German team played like super well. So they really had to zone in. But again, the biggest thing is them versus Switzerland, um, especially after Switzerland just beat Katie Pearson and Sashi Patel. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ali and Becca, I don't think had ever played that well ever. And so it was just like, yeah, 21 14, 21 14 is very impressive given that, yeah. yeah. Then Switzerland went on to beat the best German team um, mm -hmm. in two sets, 21 19, 21 19. That Becca and Ali ended up dropping a set two in the squad brackets on the Saturday, I think it was, or mm -hmm. the, yeah, Saturday. Um, in the woman uh, Germany v US final, so yeah, it just shows yeah definitely how well they played in that semi final to beat Switzerland 21-14, 21-14. Um, I think yeah, like impressive. Yeah, I think the the difference here, right, from the so comparing the men's and and women's side, right, all three all US teams did make the quarters. Um, the difference was that actually only one right one Canadian team made the quarters, mm -hmm. and then there was one Switzerland, one Austria. And two Germans. I mean, this checks out now that the German team made the uh, finals of the women's bracket, but there's definitely a standout there of just um, these European teams really, really bringing it. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But that's that's 
I think what we're going to come to see over the coming years too is, okay, yeah, we've seen you know three US teams in the quarterfinal and then we see the rest being either Canada and Europeans such as Austria and Germany. And that comes no surprise on the women's side. Even before the tournament, we wasn't really surprised that's happening because the European women are a lot closer to the US women than European men are to the US men. And I think that's just because... I think European women is much bigger. There's much more players in Europe that play than play in the US. So that difference is going to be yeah, broken down and going to be minimalized a lot quicker than the distance and gap between the men. And it's so obvious to see that at Worlds. And it'll be interesting to see where that sort of gap lies at the next World Championship. But for me, that's absolutely no surprise. And we've been talking about it for a while that Europe has a lot of talented women and having Germany and Austria and so many teams in the quarterfinals, yeah, no surprise. With the, obviously the third place matchup being between a a Swiss, a Swiss team and a German. Yeah, and actually the one Canadian team went three with uh, Inez and Natasha from from France. So mm-hmm. almost even didn't have that Canadian. Yep. So yep. I yep. think let's talk about vibes from this day. I think it was a little busier, right? It mm-hmm. was. Before mixed, there was just 25 teams. Now there were so many teams. And I think it was like, I don't say as a spectator, it was draining because it'd be like, oh, this is in game three. Oh, this is happening. This is going on. This is going yeah. on. This is, like, there was, was so a, much happening. A lot. It was, yeah. yeah. Even if he was there, it was hard to take everything in. So I don't understand how people who weren't there are just seeing all these matchups, even starting from Wasabi um, versus um, Assistive Touch in what was it, the round of. 32 around 64 yeah, to, to 15 round of 32 right? yeah. yeah just like what that's going in in the round of 32 imagine all the other matchups and even paul combien versus um benny nelson sorry yeah was it benny nelson in, in the individual yeah. the uh, they played in squads place? they put yeah oh, but they squad. played in fifth they played yeah they played, they in, played the backdrop. Fifth yeah. in the backdrop yeah. yeah even that matchup like i didn't yeah. see any of it there was just yeah. there's obviously so many match swamp donkeys um versus assistive touch in the semi-finals the no quarterfinals that went to three like yeah just so many matchups that it's hard to just take in all the action that was happening um yeah it was just a very competitive event um we don't have a lot of many old timers here but it felt very much like uh the old nationals back in the day because prior to so in 20 i mean i was only at 2015 and 2016 it, there was just one advanced bracket with 6014 and so you would have these like crazy matchups so early and it just your brain does not compute mm-hmm. you're like wait these teams are yeah. this, like this is a semis match. Round, yeah they're, they're playing yeah. now yeah right like yeah. scott like compliment to you you and tom losing in the first round and right yeah. or having to play a assistive touch first round is like that doesn't make sense right like yeah and it's just like chose that it was such a competitive tournament and it was just ah so cool it made me wonder like want like the the big brackets are so fun. I like the pro division. I like all that with the 16 teams, but like big brackets are so fun mm-hmm. of just yeah, like, this no is wasting happening. time straight yeah. to it, straight yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And just seeing so again, so much women's talent. It was just like mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, yep. the, the players all around, especially mm-hmm. it was cool. It ended in a kind of weird thing because women's ended and that was awesome um men's having to happen the next morning and also there was like a huge rain delay so we were out on the field to like nine that was pretty pretty tough if you were like most people did, were not people did not watch the 
end of the men's semifinals. Like they just mm-hmm. went inside and stayed inside, which made sense, but it was a little bit different of a vibe. It was like that, you know, you go to maybe an early tournament and it's like the finals. It's literally just like the guys who ran the tournament because they're the mm-hmm. best yeah, and they're no one's watching home. them. Yeah. yeah. But like, that's, that's also because that's also because it was US v US. Exactly. Was, exactly. It was a little bit like, hey, we've seen these before. It's no real, yeah. you know, surprise. Yeah. Um shame for them really. They didn't have an audience, but also quite expect. Um, yeah. Okay. So individuals, before we move on, a couple of notable mentions. We've already mentioned Taiwan. Sick. Taking a set off uh Matt and Fred. Sweden also doing very well. Asai and Simon um beating I'm going to have to go back to the draw now, but beating some very good teams to make it into the round of 16. Um, having a look now, they beat uh, Le Juve, a top team from France uh, in the round of 64, and then beating uh, a, a top Belgian team, actually Hustling Brothers, which many people um, yeah, would have been surprised to probably mm-hmm. see that result. Losing the first set 15 11, but then winning 15 12 and 15 7, um, and then eventually losing to Thomas and Will in the round of 16. No massive surprise there. So, I mean, very impressive from them. Also, very impressive from Australia. Australia, I believe, got two teams through to the round of 32, which was Mark and Tommy, as mm-hmm. well as their other team, um, Noble and yeah murray outdoor yeah which i was familiar with but they lost 21 20 to um poor combian in the round of mm-hmm. 32 so i mean very impressive showing from a couple of teams there that maybe wasn't as expected um yeah and with all that said should we move on to the squad tournament squad bracket really quickly squad. i'm actually want to shout out um all the players in uh, the B bracket in women's uh, and especially Taiwan won that Spain in second place. Like, and I, I just love, and Chile make it top four. I just think like lesser of a focus, but also like they played an entire bracket. And so shout out to you guys. Cause I know regardless of a bracket or B bracket, right. They had to win five matches to, to take that mm-hmm. home. So uh and also that's the yeah. aim. Like we're talking about winners and all this, but like their aim coming in was probably to like to win the B bracket or just make the A bracket first round. So yeah. Um yeah, everyone obviously changed in different expectations and uh yeah, aim and goals for the tournament. So yeah, great for them that they managed to obviously perform as well, if not better than they expect. So yeah. yeah. So shall we move on to yeah. squads? Okay. Squad. Day three, day four. Whoever's still with us, stay with us, right? We know this is a long one. We said it was going to be a long one. Feel hey, free take to break. chunk it hey, up. Guys, take a break. It's not a movie theater. You can pause it. You can get up. <laughs> get up. Go grab some popcorn. Come back in. This break is sponsored by... <laughs> so, on to squad tournament, which everyone, everyone has been waiting for. It felt like it was like just... A, it's like time when the squad tournament was happening. But it was also interesting because some countries had the opportunity to change their seeding. So obviously the seeding for the squad tournament was determined by how how well you performed in the individual tournament as a country slash nation um, <clears throat> on the thir- Thursday. Friday. Friday. Thursday and Friday. So Just Friday. Sorry, Friday. <laughs> sorry, days getting mixed up. So the Friday. So obviously the better you did as a nation and the more teams you got, the higher up, the better your seed. So there wasn't too many surprises, in my opinion, with the seedings itself. Um, maybe a couple would have been disappointed. They would have, wouldn't have been higher up, but obviously the draws were then met. 
it was the round of 32 starting with. Some teams such as the US and Germany, Canada, all got buys. France uh, all got buys, being the top four nations, top four seeds. And everyone else was battling out. Not too many surprises, I'd say, um, in the round of 32. Neither should there be, given that, you know, the higher seed always should really advance. Um, yeah, no real surprises at all uh, with Denmark, Austria, Czech Republic, France, Italy, Switzerland, Spain, Canada, Australia, Belgium, France, Germany, Sweden, Great Britain, and then Romania and Latvia, who joined together because they didn't have enough teams um, individually, so they joined teams together. So Romania and Latvia actually was probably the surprise, beating Chile uh, 3-2 to advance to the round of 16, which is pretty harsh. Like, if you're Chile... You've come to the tournament, you have your five teams and you got beaten by a country that, you know, beaten by two countries that have joined together. I feel a little bit disappointed, you know, like not, it's not entirely like it's cool that they got to join forces to compete together, but also sort of a shame that, you know, you've lost yeah. to a, two countries that have joined <laughs> together. Like imagine, yeah. imagine if the US only brought four teams and they join, you know, join a team yeah. like, uh, Canada and that's now it's Canada and the US and they just take the best, th yeah. best three teams from the US and best two teams in Canada and they make this superpower and they go and win like that's not fair like what are we doing that's not I, I don't know the specifics I know that the NGBs voted on and approved that so it wasn't I don't think it was a last minute decision but I understand yeah you know maybe uh, voting on it versus having it happen is a, different is a different thing yes. yeah and being yeah. the ones losing to it is a different thing yeah. too Um, but then into the round of 16, um, where Romania and Latvia's journey came to an end against the US. So we had the US advancing, Great Britain advancing, Germany advancing, Aus uh, Belgium beating Australia 4-1, Canada beating Spain 5-0, Sweden beating Italy 3-2, which mm. is a very interesting result in my opinion, considering how well Switzerland ended up doing. Um, that ended up, yeah, just scraping through against Italy. And then France beating Czech Republic 5-0 which would be a disappointing result for the Czech Republic, I think. Um, and then Austria beating Denmark 4-1. So no massive surprises there, I'd say. Don't know what you guys think. but It makes I me want to pull up our uh, our list. Our prediction. <laughs> yeah. The only, the only thing I would say there is that I think all top seeds went through and yeah. won their matchups. Yeah. But again, I think Czech Republic will be quite disappointed that they got seeded as the 14th seed coming into the squad tournament. Right. Because I right. think or hope they would have been expecting to get a top 10 finish. Yep. Um, but other than that, no real surprises. Um, and then this is where we get into the, the juicy part, the quarterfinals. The juicy part. So <laughs> France v. Austria, it went 3-2. Or you could say, I mean, it went 3-2. The last game, one of the games didn't get played out. It was 1-1 in sets and didn't mm. get played out because Austria won a very tight matchup that was going on at another net. I think it was fourth seed v fourth seed mm -hmm. and they ended up winning 2-1. So the fifth seeds didn't end up finishing their game because they didn't need to because Austria already threw. But I will say that was tense. I'm definitely one of the best moments for me when I was watching the event, just watching Austrian fans and, Fr and French fans just come together, form a massive circle and ring around this game that was going on. And if you don't think you're important as a fourth or fifth seed team, you are mistaken. Especially when it comes right. up to matchups like this. It was intense and yeah, it was so much fun to watch. Um, and then other than that, we had no real surprises in the quarterfinal. Canada beating Switzerland 5-0. Uh, Germany beating Belgium 5-0. 
which I think Belgium will be quite disappointed at. They couldn't yeah. put up more of a fight, but also no real surprise given Germany's depth <laughs> that we've talked about several times on the pod. Um, and then a it's big super surprise. interesting. Yeah, US sweep, Germany sweep, Canada sweep, and then a nail biter between Austria and France. <laughs> that was that's like the, that's what we're talking about. Though. That was to get yeah. a top four spot. So that was. I mean, France were the higher seed going in, so they're going to be quite disappointed. But that was the matchup that you know that, that was it. That was that that was the game of the tournament. Um, Annie and Nelson, and that was where yes, <laughs> Annie and Nelson ended up winning that all important game, the poor combi, and that they lost the day before. And then that was the difference in Austria then making a top four finish. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy how it goes like that, and. You know, RCG power line versus poor Combian is very quickly becoming the double clutch, the assisted clutch <laughs> of Europe that everyone wants to watch and yeah. is always entertaining. They're they're just so athletic and just so strong. All, all four of those players in that matchup. Mm-hmm. But Scott, moving forward, sweeps in the semis. Absolute sweeps in the semis. Yeah, US five all two Germany. Look. We can't be surprised, right? I mean, the US, we, as much as we claim like Germany's depth and talent, like obviously the US have depth and talent, given that, given that Gabe and Max was their fifth seed. Like, imagine you're playing against, is it the highest power ranked team for Left the yeah. Young 2, Mike? <laughs> you have the highest ranked power rank as the fifth seed <laughs> in your matchup. Like, yeah. Like, come on. I mean, that's again, that's the standard of what we're talking about at the world semi final, but it's just like, wow. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, yeah, Canada also a clean sweep of Austria that I think Austria will be quite disappointed with, but in no way will Austria be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll be so, disappointed that they couldn't get more of the games, but yeah, still impressive. And so I've done that well. Um, Before we move on to, or let's finish up, finish up uh men's before we go on. So yeah. the finals, us, Canada. I will first we'll say Germany, Austria, Germany, besides the first match, which uh, Benny and Nelson took over Germany's one team. Germany swept it clean to take mm. uh, third place. But of course, we said Austria probably just stoked to to make that top four mm-hmm. over um, over France. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and then obviously to the final, US v Canada. Now, I can't be the only one and say this could have went the other way. Like Canada <laughs> could have won this. People, oh, for sure. It was probably the. Maybe not the best. I think it would have been the best thing of a round if Canada had won, just because. Don't give Canada that power. Just because. <laughs> if you imagine... think the U.S. If you think the U.S. is a bad best team, you don't. <laughs> you don't want Canada. Look, <laughs> I'm just saying. Came in the tournament, everyone expecting the U.S. to absolutely crush it, which they did in the individual tournament. Coming with yeah, their top teams. You know, all semifinals being with all U.S. teams. So. They was expecting just a clean sweep in this final. 4-0, sorry, 4-1, 5-0. You know, maybe Canada will get a game. Goes Swamp Donkey versus Assistive Touch on one net. We have Wonky Sauce with Justin and Blake versus Fred and Matt on the other net. Such an incredible two games to start this series. We have, um, I believe, Fred and Matt taking the first game. Actually, quite comfortably, I believe, against... um, I I need to check it, but I... Can't check yeah. it. Regardless, game or not. Regard- no, way, I think they took game one, and then, yeah. and then, because Wonky did not look. I remember this. This was more recent. Wonky did not look great in game one. Yeah. Ah, yes, and now, yeah, I remember it now because I was watching that game intensely because I was really interested in seeing. I haven't seen Wonky play, you know, in person before, so I was sort of watching them while also watching the assistive touch Swamp Donkeys in the background. And 
Wonky just, yeah, in the first game, just some recovery setting. I think they just struggled. I mean, mm-hmm. they got good serving. Struggle serve returning. Fred, yeah. But just a couple of recovery sets made it tough for them to sort of, yeah, extend the rally or even win the point. So Fred and Matt win the first game. You're sort of thinking, ah, oh, yeah, they've probably, they, they, might, they might have this one. If they play anything as well as they do in, in game two, Fred and Matt, they're going to they're gonna win this game. And then on the other net, you had assisted touch win a close game with Swamp Donkey. And you was thinking, ah, oh, like... This is sort of going to be that day, like US, like like you, you kind of going to pull a fight, but the US are going to like win, and they'll probably win quite comfortably in all games. Any anyway, set two, <laughs> <laughs> set two, wonky sauce, absolutely taking it to Fred and Matt. Oh, it's going no. back and forth. They actually, if I'm not mistaken, they started pretty decently, but then it went to like it was like three three or three 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 or three two, and then suddenly. Fred and Matt went on a streak and they found themselves 7-3 down in the second set. Now, Justin and Blake choose to take a timeout. And on the other net, you just see Emerson absolutely buzzing, running around, (laughs) jumping around, doing this, that, and everything. And I'm like, I don't know what the score is, but it's looking interesting over there. I'm like, maybe uh, Swamp Donkeys are up. Wait, that's a quick side note that with the German fans and the Switzerland fans, you never knew how close a game was because <laughs> yeah. they would cheer for every single point and every single break. So it'd be like, sounds like Germany's winning. And then I go yeah. over and it's like, it's like 20 to 12. And they're like, <laughs> but they're cheering so much. And it's like, yeah, they cheer every single point. So I, yeah, I had no idea what the score was, what the score was going on, but, but Emerson was buzzing. So if Emerson was buzzing, it was probably at least close. Anyway, so Blake and Justin return. Maybe like seeing a bit of the energy coming over from the Canadian camp. They come back. They just end up grinding and like working their way back into the game. No doubt they would have lost if it was to 15. Side note. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> they continue. They grind out. It goes 2018. And I believe it was Blake got the ball in his hand and he just pulls off a ridiculous serve. It goes 2019. And you're like, no way could they? Like they 7 3 down. They grind Not the whole to the way. the double clutch guy himself. And, I, I know, right? It gets, gets an ace and the whole crowd are just watching. At this moment, I believe the Swamp Donkeys have already taken the set, the assistive touch. So they're out celebrating. It's 1-1 in sets. We're like, hey, Canada could do this. They've gone back and they're cheering on. So everyone's like eyes on the wonky on the wonky game. You're watching Blake's got the ball in hands again. First serve, faults it. Okay, pressure's high. I'm like, I don't know what he's going to do now. I'm like, like, do you boop it on? Like we've talked about this, like uh, this whole thing before, like <laughs> the game, nineteen twenty. do you make them win the point? Do you try and get defensive up or do you just back yourself and get an A? He backed himself. He got an A. He went to 20 all. It ends up going into a couple of points in extra before Wonky ending up winning the game. I don't know what it was, like 24, 22 or something like that. And just, it was an electric. It was so great. It was, it, su- it was definitely one of the best games of the tournament, in my opinion. And then you had assisted touch and Swamp Donkeys on the other net. With Again, we just kept on seeing while the wonky game was going on beforehand, we just saw like suddenly a wild Emerson appear, a wild buddy appear. <laughs> Why would somebody appear? And they'd run like 30 yards off that net onto the other mm-hmm. net and just like get an amazing defensive up and then like go on a rally. So we had like a great like serving matchup, a couple of rallies with the wonky and Matt and, um, and Fred game. And then we just had this ridiculous, just four maniacs running around <laughs> defending for their lives on the other net. It was, just... it was such, it was two completely different matches going yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but to short, Wonky took it. 
balled out game three mm-hmm. extras took it clutch and then right assistive touch ended up edging out swamp donkeys so we're at one one and we thought it would be two oh just one needed and i think the biggest thing was finocchi model over simply smashing was like a lock so mm-hmm. it's like if us goes 2-0 here it's like over yep so one yep. one it's like oh okay all right we we got something here mm-hmm. we got something here. which we did so then we had we had um wasabi um against ryan and um dan which yep. we knew was going to be a good match mm-hmm. and then on the other net we had thomas and will versus um it's zero fall damage Yes, which is Tyler and Chris. Yeah, Tyler and Chris. So that was going to be a real tough matchup. Um, but hey, all three games are going on at the same time. Again, a massive ring, just like overlooking all these awesome games. Uh, well, Sabi end up winning their game, but unfortunately, it was the last game to finish. So we already had the US win the 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 five seed and the three seed. Uh, win for the US, Thomas and Will and Gabe and Max win their games 2-0 and quite comfortably, unfortunately, which then I, yeah. Yeah, didn't give as much hype um, to Wasabi winning 2-0 oh. against Dan and Ryan. Did, it's still an awesome yeah. game to see. Um, I want to say... Both see yeah. the, um, the, the reel that Brown at Canada posted where Dan Abrams puts his yeah, hand yawning. over his mouth oh. after server, yawning after service video yeah. and then... Uh, Afterwards, they show all the clips of Vinny just going off and acing. Uh, it's so funny. Yeah, it's funny such to a me. Good post. I don't know how much I like share, right? But it's like, <laughs> but it's like you were so, so tired. So, so it, it actually is funny, <laughs> right? Um, because Mark and Vinny probably just went as hard. Uh, but it's funny. Like the party was the night before, and that day, Dan, I think he's like he was certainly trash talking. But after he was like, no, I genuinely was like feeling terrible. It's so funny. I'm like, why do you have the audacity? to trash talk when you're like not feeling your best at all oh but i want to say scott you said like right unfortunate for wasabi i think like low-key i was i spoke i i actually spent like five minutes chatting with mark and Vinny after the win and like i think that was the best thing that great like the everyone expecting is a u.s sweep canada to come in right three two a battle wasabi getting like a great win like that like Vinny and mark were certainly buzzing like they were very mm-hmm. happy with how that played um i don't know if i should i'll just tell you guys maybe we cut this and i'll message him after um mark Vinny's partner is gonna retire so this is his second to last tournament he's been playing for a good while going back og so if matt so that win like meant a ton to wasabi um which was like a really cool moment to experience after like Mark came up and told us like he was going to retire. Like, yeah, this is like my second to last tournament, like the championship. Um, so that was pretty cool. That's a, I like those like That's extra nice, special yeah. moments. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be actually interesting to see who else retires on the back of this tournament. It was because it was like the peak of so many people's career. Are people going to continue to like grind out for the next one, next world championship or just, you know, grind because they love the sport or are they just prepared to sort of, you know, play more casually, help grow their local community. Cause we're going to get onto it, you know, later in the pod, but just like the future and moving forward and what like local oh. communities in the South that needs to be for the future to sort of help nations really improve their round net scene. So we'll see a different total world championship yeah. in two years or four years, whenever, you know, we're going to host it, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And 
He's going to continue. He's going to st- stick around. Before we move on to women's squads, Gavin, what was so Gavin? Were you up and watching these ones? I was watching the the semis and finals. Yeah. Wait, well, no, wait. So, the finals. The finals. I watched most. Again, what was you? Were you? Uh, were you? Uh, were you feeling the tension? Oh my god. U.S. Gosh. versus Canada. I, I didn't. I didn't really. I wasn't really able to watch Swamp Thongies. I was mm-hmm. more so watching. Uh, actually, I wasn't. I wasn't up for these. I watched them after the fact the next morning. Um, I, I made sure not to check the Fuego because I did not want any spoilers. Uh, went in and watched um, primarily one of the versus versus a uh, wonky sauce matchup because I, I, that was kind of right, which the one? one the 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 uh, wonky versus uh, no not a, but wonky versus Manfred um, yeah Manfred and uh, was interested in seeing how that ended up. Yeah, I I after seeing those last couple at the end of the I I, I checked my Instagram that morning and I saw that there had been a couple aces by Bosak. And I, I was really excited to see how it ended up. Yeah, I did get to watch it and wanted to watch. Um, I wanted to watch multiple at the same time. But again, that was very different. Yeah, um, some crazy, crazy matchups. And it was so cool how to, to see that there wasn't a clean um, of the USA, although I am kind of biased and wanted it to happen. But at the <laughs> same time, to see that there is talent out there that's that's beaten us and mean huge ups to all the Canadian players that came out. I will mention, though, Raul Murthy and Ryder didn't play. I'm just put. I'm just putting out there. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, no, it's it fair. Is, not our best. Uh, not our best squad. Hey, that could be said for any squad. There's, there's probably players for, out there indeed. that uh, that either could I make mean, it. Yeah, or... Scott was on the one team. Yeah, but, it's just, um, <laughs> come <yeah>. on. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Sorry, you're too easy. It's too easy. <laughs> but you have to one. Either way, yeah. No, I think the squads was. Uh, it was definitely an entirely different vibe to watch, even even though it was after the fact, and I had watched it uh, after the stream had happened. But uh, yeah. To see, to see how everything panned out very happy i'll say what's very frustrating or not fresh but we saw it at college nationals a little bit right we'll see it college nationals have worked out great for us but you'll see here that like the squad format is challenging like hype wise right like like usa won in the off the the stream that i was on right and it's like cool like the wasabi game was amazing but it's like it's not this big cataclysmic final moment when things are just happening in multiple games um so i don't know if that's something to figure out but it is something like notable like when you're watching on online and it's like no i need to watch all the games because they all matter like immediately Mm. right now you know um maybe you maybe we pause do all the games and then pause them at like 15s and and go one by one to finish them out or something. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, just yeah. a bond. Yeah, format-wise, I think it could have been done slightly differently. I mean, if we would have done, I imagine, like the one seed, one seed. I mean, you guys, there, there was the full day that day to finish a squads tournament. So I think if, if giving the opportunity to watch one at a time, I think that would have been more more of a full climax. But yeah, um, but in, I didn't, in my yeah. opinion, an event like this, although you try to capture as much of it live, and in my opinion, squads is the way to go because it's so much more entertaining than individual team tournament because there's so much more on the line. Um, whether that goes for college, you know, teams and squads, or it goes, you know, international. I just think it's going to be hard, whatever format you do, and if it's one-one, it could be done by the time you play the third and four, the fourth seed, play the fourth seed because all the top one, two, and three win, and then it's over, and then it's just not as fun. So I think mm-hmm. actually that chaos creates a lot more hype and excitement. So I think it's always going to be hard for the spectator. I would just say when it comes to this, it needs to be filmed and then post-produced in a way that makes it really easy to follow and enjoyable to watch yeah. because there's so much action going on live. Same thing for Worlds, so much going on live. But 
if somebody took the opportunity to film it in sort of a, a film and broadcasting team and then made a recap of it, you know, that would have done extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary yeah. would be well. So yeah, I yeah. think that's more of the way to do or, or, or view yeah. a squads tournament like this more post-produced yeah. than live. Otherwise it could lose meaning in some game, in my opinion. And not exactly that, but I think we're going to get some great post-produced stuff in a different capacity. Yeah. Um, We'll talk about that more. Let's do women's squads because mm-hmm. then we can get into the the random crap that we have. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the random questions, other things we need to talk about. So let's yes. go through the women's, right? Um, round of 16s. We didn't really have too many surprises. US beating Denmark. Great Britain beating Sweden 2-1. Switzerland beating Spain 3-0. Austria beating Taiwan. Germany beating Romania and Latvia. France beating Poland. Canada beating Netherlands. Belgium beating Chile. No real surprises there. Then the US beating Great Britain 3-0. Um, Austria beating Switzerland 2-1, which again, we sort of talked about before. And I def- I talked big uh, before the tournament. Like, I don't really see Lauda losing many games. Well, mm-hmm. she didn't. They won their game. They won their matchup. But Sweden, Switzerland's depth just lacked. Um, therefore, giving Austria the chance to win 2-1. Um, with one of those sets being a three-setter, the two-seed to be the two-seed. And then Germany beating France, 3-0. Not too much of a surprise there. And then Canada beating Belgium, 2-1. Um, yeah, I didn't know too, I don't know too much about the Belgian women, so not. I, I don't know if that's a surprise or not. But either way, then we had Germany v. Canada. Germany Wait. winning 2-1. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Never in the mind. semifinal. Yep. And then the US beating Austria, 3-0. So no real uh, surprise there. Um, Germany, I think, uh, Canada, Ca- Germany, Canada was very close. I observed yes. the B map, um, and obviously it went to three and was pretty mm-hmm. close. Germany pulled away at the end. Um, the I think this is opposite. I believe the A map. So the C match, Germany won. The B match was the close one. I observed that. The A match was in game three and paused after Germany won. Um, so actually it was, uh, you know, but the interesting note, right? Going into it, Germany would maybe call, I forget, uh, like um, their C team, their A, right? So I think Germany's, how their order was ABC is not really what they maybe would have had their A, B, and C, B. Mm-hmm. So I think that also maybe helped them here where it's like easy C win, B win going tight, Um but I think their B was, it wasn't exactly what they're looking for, which has pros and cons in mm-hmm. the squads format. Um, but again, this like was, was a, was a pretty tight um, match between Germany and Canada. I think we all thought Germany would take it in our predictions before, but um, yeah, it was a good that, that goes down to this side side note for people who weren't there that don't know. So nations got the opportunity to change their seeding that they were awarded from the individual tournament on the e- in the evening on the individual tournament. So let's say just, and this is an example, me and Tom was the top seed. Um, Archie and Max was our second seed based on performance from the individual tournament, but they weren't our second seed coming into the tournament. They were actually our five, but I mean, the one thing that was great about GB and is why we had such a good finish in my opinion was because we have strength in depth. So for us, our fifth seed being our two seed, actually, in my opinion, helped us because mm-hmm. they, their ceiling was pretty high, but their floor was also quite low because they maybe weren't the most consistent team on our on our roster. But therefore, that gave our 3-4-5 a really, really like 
really strong three four five when comparing to all the other teams that were fighting for that you know seventh spot with Belgium, uh, France, Czech Republic, Italy, Denmark, Sweden, etc. So that suited us as a squad. And I'm pretty sure, you know, all other teams, both on the women's side, also got to do that. So Germany, even if someone had a poor individual tournament and they came out as a third seed, I mean, it might actually suited them, even though before the tournament, it might have been their second seed or their first seed. Because Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to a tight matchup, it usually comes down to depth. It's usually not all about the top seed beating the top seed. So which is why which is why we love squads and which, in my opinion, which which made it so entertaining and so exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, But leaning on from that, talking about the final, we already talked a little bit about the final of the A, you know, the game A, uh, Tina and Julia versus uh, Ali and Becca, which was very entertaining. But in the end, the US did win it uh, 3-0. Although game three between Julia and Tina and Becca and Ali went to extras. And again, yeah, atmosphere was incredible. And then we also had Austria beat Canada 2-1, giving them a bronze place finish, which again, massive, massive achievement for them, especially given that Danny, which many, many people will forget about, that, you know, 50% of Tiramisu, Megan's usual partner, was not there. So they would have only been you know, stronger given that one of the top European players, females, wasn't there and they still got a third place finish. Um, yeah. So I think that really much concludes the women's side and we should move on to some of the questions that we have been asked uh, by the viewers. Dang, are you guys this is the longest podcast on? we've ever had. Unreal. Ooh. The longest podcast we've ever had. All right. Are you guys ready to move on? We're going to go through. We have a lot of questions. So I'm we're ready. move through them pretty quickly. Is everyone ready? Let's hear it. Okay. So is Asia going to be part of the next STS next season? No. Um, I believe I, the STS have just asked for Canadian, US and European hosts to event to host to host an event next season. Nothing about Asia yet. Um, yeah, I think I think it'll come from those local communities putting together a similar tour series of their own, kind of like yes. Europe did mm-hmm. with the use URA, E-U-R-A. Mm-hmm. And then how can the sts come in and help with that and etc cetera, etc cetera. and yeah. that's and that's if we're talking about you know the optimal way for the future and i'm sure people and gov- governing bodies are talking about this or mm-hmm. even you know thinking about this or at least i hope they are i mean the sts isn't optimal if we're talking about the sport we hope that in 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 the future we have a we'll be in a position where the us usa round net will host its own tour stop and whole you know event for the year and then the exact same thing will happen in Czech Republic and France. They will have their own national events that will go on throughout the whole year. There won't need be the need for this STN, STS, um, you know, event or tour series because the USA Roundnet will host a 12 event with challenges and majors. Same thing in Great Britain. There will be, you know, an event in London, Manchester, Birmingham, etc. And then there will be majors of nationals and maybe one other event each year. And then on top of that, you'll have the EURA, like the European champion, the European um, governing body, which will then host majors internationally. And maybe the US do the same thing with Canada, where, you know, there's a governing body between the US and Canada, where they create, a, you know, a four tournament or five or six tournament made between the US and Canada. The same thing with Asia, that each country has its own, you know, six to 10 events each year. And then, or sorry, not age, not the whole of Asia, but yeah, each country has their own six to ten events, and then the whole of Asia has their own three to six majors each year. 
that's the way you know the best way going forward um and i'm hopefully we're moving in that direction and i'm sure you know we are we are moving in that direction hopefully as quickly as possible but that's the optimal way that i see it, in my opinion yeah i, yeah, I don't know well what you guys that. think, I think about no, that i mean i, I thought I, about it for quite a while but i mean that's the same and it isn't <laughs> any other sport i mean in any other sport if you just look at soccer or you know tennis anything you have you know premier league i would just love la liga you know? La- <laughs> also, you know you have the spanish league but then you have the champions league and that will be the majors internationally you know and then you on top of that, you then have the World Cup and the World Cup will pretty much be the world championship that we just played and will be every, you know, two to four years. That's the way moving forward. And then you'll have a club system where clubs can play against clubs and have many leagues and small, you know, areas or, you know, a region. But we're a little bit away off that. But some places aren't. Like Germany are doing it. Germany have yep. clubs spread around the whole country. They have a massive tournaments throughout the throughout the whole tournament, throughout the whole year where people don't need to travel outside or go to the international EURA events. We've talked about it before because they have mm-hmm. such an amazing setup within their country. They have clubs v clubs playing against each other a lot. We have regular setups and training. So, I mean, you know, it's there and more countries need to adopt um, it and move towards it, in my opinion. I was going to say um, to our German list, um, I am not one to talk because I only speak English, but I really wanted to listen to the German Roundnet podcast, but I can't because I don't understand <laughs> anything. Um, just know that I want to be listening. Just know I want to be. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so away from that, just a little ramble, but also I think good to maybe hopefully give people some ideas slash perspective of how the future sort of needs to be run. Um, next question. We've been plan- we've been planning for worlds for three years. What's the what's next? Where does the world around that go from here? Mars. Sorry. Mars. 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 <laughs> Mars. Twenty thirty two. Next No. Um, I mean, I think <laughs> I think it's just I don't see it as a kind of big thing. I just think of it as another stepping stone of like, okay, cool, that was it. Um, let we want to do better next time. What mm-hmm. can we learn from other NGBs? How are they running their exactly. events, their mm-hmm. membership, their board? And I think it's just taking those smaller steps. Okay, at next world, what does what? Wait, what does the IRF deem like? This is the this is the model we think NGBs should follow. How do NGBs work with that? I think it's more of a just another step of like this was huge for creating sorry national governing bodies, these NGBs, and getting people to create and train internationally and connect. And I think it's just like okay, where do we go from here? What are our organization's goals? What's the country's? What is the IRF as a whole, what are their goals? What can we use from this event as a stepping stone forward? I Obviously, gonna, specifically, mm-hmm. world maybe in two years and yeah. go there. I was going to put put out a question. Self, um, what are some of the things from the people that actually attended the event that 10 years from now we'll look back on and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened at World. Or I can't believe Worlds didn't have this, right? Like one of the things that we spoke about is one the balls, the equipment was a little bit off and the weather was a little bit off what what are the other of note will notice 10 years from now like wow they really had to put up with that tough tough because we're not in the future but i'd maybe potentially just some teams not having full squads like coming to mm-hmm. the world championship without full squads i think that would be like what like come on like right. that won't be a thing in 10 years when we've gone through three or four or five world championships it'll be like hey you can't yeah or, or they'll be like oh there was only 33 countries there and in the future we're gonna have 50 60 you know plus so mm-hmm. I would say they're probably things that we're gonna look back on in a long time and be like, wow, did they really yeah only have 33 teams? Or oh, they some teams didn't turn up with full squad. I think similar on that note, like um 
I know it's really hard, but I think I, like spectating will grow. So like they're right. They're only a handful of Americans that traveled over just to watch or Canadians, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think in the future, it may be more of this must must attend round net event, not just for the players, but for just round net players yeah, everyone, worldwide. Yeah. 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 Like, oh my gosh, it wasn't in a stadium. Oh my gosh, it wasn't indoors. Or, oh my gosh, it wasn't at this prestigious I think, venue. I think turf might be the future, but it's just trying to find yeah. It's so difficult to find a venue yeah. that has that much turf for that yep. many players and games at the same time. Also, I think in the future, in 10 years, it'll be like, the first world championship, well, how was it? Why was it not broadcasted? Like, live by ESPN or a massive company? Like, what? I think that would also be a big, big thing in, uh, yeah. In 10 years time. I think, I think it really is like, it's going to be a reference, but I also think it's going to be like an unfair reference. Like so much of it is just like how many, like just like both from player perspective, like, Oh dang, I should have done this content. Oh, I should have done this or teams. Oh, this didn't really work. Right. I think like, we're going to look back at it and just, I think we need to look back with some grace of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is just kind of a, uh, a first uh, a first a first attempt yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, i think yeah again we play games to 15 i think will also be a big one um yeah we'll be playing a 12 in the future <laughs> um so biggest surprise teams at worlds individual squad um individual for me is probably uh like we mentioned before two australian teams getting to the round of 32 um isaiah and simon for sweden coming uh losing in the round of 16 and uh swamp donkeys with uh, uh beating gabe and max in the fifth place playoff i think that's probably the biggest individual results or surprises mm-hmm. with um the squads probably being i mean i'm looking at ninth place now but i mean they didn't play out which is a shame but i mean the teams that got between ninth and what it had been 12th ninth or 13th sweden austria italy denmark i yeah. mean if you're straight sorry sweden australia italy denmark which is why I mention it because I think many, including myself, didn't put Australia that high up. So given that they were in the playoffs to come ninth place is very impressive. Um, again, I have no answer. Um, <laughs> honestly, the biggest surprise is just everyone. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be like fake nice. Like the play was so much higher than I expected. I'm not trying to talk down to like say I expected Europe to be worse. But I think it's more like, I, I don't think I expected the four and the five teams to be as strong as they were at so many countries. Like, I think so many countries had so much more depth than I expected on both sides. Meant, um, mm-hmm. It was just an extremely competitive event. So nothing in particular, but it's more just like every time I watched a game, I was like, dang, um, <laughs> every single time. <laughs> Next question. Will we see a sim- will we see a similar community spirit at US tournaments now that US players have seen it? Gosh, I hope so. You know what was so interesting was seeing that all the US players bond together that otherwise would not be bonding at a major or a challenger here in the US. Like it was like everyone's like in general, people stayed within their like they ate with their own team because I mean you do that in any tournament, even as open as the round of community is, you'd still sort of eat with your own team or partner. But there was a lot of mixing and mingling with all other nations and countries. It was also obviously interesting, interesting to see the US spend so much time with each other because, yeah, it was they was a team and they sort of had to be. And I think it would have been very different had the tournament been in the US. Maybe not because I think the people create a culture, but I think with the majority being the way that we see the European be most of the time, it was nice 
I think, for the I, U.S. players to see it firsthand. I think the answer is, like, the culture in the U.S. won't inherently change. I think it, if the people that were there and recognized the great moments, like the celebration, the closing ceremonies, etc., um, the cheering, um, I think if I think it, it's more, like, it has to be deliberate, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Nora and Jack making sure there's right celebrations and a podium and award ceremony at the championship right like those certain things right all of us maybe cheering more often and making it more of a of a thing you know different just fun things like that i think it is more of a deliberate practice it's not going to just be a contagion that oh we went to europe we saw it was great Mm -hmm. let's bring it it's going to be like how do we cultivate this in the u.s yeah going forward yep I agree. Um, Continue. Next question. Does cheering from the crowds intimidate or motivate the players? Obviously a bit of both, I think, in my yeah. opinion. It just both. depends on how people take it, like in any sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- the only tangible thing is I think, like, it's genuinely loud. Like, mm-hmm. it actually just makes it, like, playing different when there's, like, loud noises there. I think outside of, like, the psychological factor of, like, people are cheering against me or they're cheering for me, I think it's genuinely, like, it's just really loud. Yeah. yeah. It's no longer pick up in the park. You yeah. actually got, like, yeah, really loud people playing drums and singing in the background when you're about to go and serve. You don't practice with that, so it's cool just to get it. Obviously, some people handle it better than others. Um, did World's Games feel too serve-dominated? Further rule or equipment changes needed? I mean, this is the thing that I would say about this is that there was obviously so much personal connections to the games that even if a game was serve dominated or loads of double faults, you didn't feel it because you were so, you know, personally invested to the players or the nation, which is different. Whereas if you just saw four randoms play that game, this is again, I think another perspective. You just, if you just saw four random play that game that you just watched, didn't have any personal attachment to them, you'd probably say it was quite boring. Or a couple of, not all, but not all. I think in general, the level was great. And it was like really interesting to watch. Maybe because it wasn't as serviceable as we've seen challenges or majors in the US because the average level of the tournament was probably maybe lower than, you know, the pro standard um, in the US, a major. But, uh, oh, we just lost Gavin. Um, but I would still say it could have been, a, it would, it's, it, there's still f- further rule changes and equipment changes yeah. to be to be made for the sport to be, you know, better than what it is right yeah. now i my take is that like like plainly no i didn't think it was too serve ball heavy and i think that's because um like people are just very good and like so they're they're not just serving at each other right it's an ace it's it wasn't just either eights aces or double faults right they were mixed in good serves that were well dug that were hit well defended like the whole gambit of the game was there obviously as scott said right there are the stakes matter more but there's also outlier games where it's like, okay, that was just aces and double faults. But most of the games I thought were great players doing well at all aspects mm-hmm. of the game. So I think I won't say that there's no things that will help the game more, but I very much enjoyed the round net that I saw. It- I just, I think in general, we've just seen serve receive catch up to a huge amount where we saw the curve of serving just evolve so much quicker and so much greater than the other skills such as serve receive to a point where serving got so much more evolved than these other cast that it did become just serveable for such a long time because it was just, yeah, it was, it was just, it was months, months, if not years ahead of serve. Now we've seen the serve receive curve come back and 
I mean, of course, you still have these insane and great aces, but nowhere near on the level that we was maybe expecting or thinking it was going to be maybe a year ago um, or even six months ago. So, yeah, I'd say on that level, um, it definitely wasn't as serve heavy as I thought, given that serve receivers caught up so much and evolved in a way that we hoped it would. Um, but there was still some games, like you said, Mike, that were very serve heavy or double foot heavy. But in general, all the top games weren't. I mean, the top games were a lot of good rallies. Um, so a couple more questions before we will end off this pod. Will the gap between the US and Canada and the rest of the world be closed? If yes, how long will it take? I think we've already mentioned about that. It will continue to close and it's just, yeah, a matter of time. Um, it will oh. still take time, but it will it will continue. It's to close. shut. It's shut. Whether, it's it's where, now. How, how now. quick? How quickly that? How quickly that closes depends on the work of the the national go- governing bodies within each country. Um, so yeah, where should the next worlds take place? Again, Europe. So in my yeah. opinion, absolutely. Uh, logistically wise, it has to take part in Europe. If you think about all the countries that were there, you know, two thirds of them were European, if not more. So. It makes it so much easier for everyone to, well, to so, be in Europe. Uh, I will defend some people might say that like the reason there were more European countries is because it was in Europe. I don't think that's necessarily the correct answer. I think mm-hmm. Europe's yes. is a big part of Roundnet. I think it's it was so funny to me that like it was Sunday after the tournament and like a lot of people were gone. And I was like, oh, yeah, they can just like drive or fly home like today. Some like, they don't cycled. have this big journey, right? Yeah. So I think Europe absolutely. I don't think uh, in the US or Canada is a great option because I don't want... I think it's really challenging. It's something that also exists in the college sphere is like, like, oh, it's in the East Coast every year. It's like, yeah, 90% of the college. And it's like, is it fair that the US and Canada and all these other countries have to travel to Europe again? And it's like, well, it's it's such a hard thing to think about. I think the answer is yes, put it in. <laughs> yep. But... Yeah, put it in Europe and then potentially after that, you know, spread out, maybe have it in the US or Central America. But yeah, for the next one, in my opinion, it has to be Europe again, given it where we are in, in the state of the sport. Yeah. Um, then two more questions and then we are done for this episode. Um, what do we think of the format? Do you think there should be any modifications in the tournament format and having mixed individual um and then squad hmm. what do you guys yeah i mean i haven't i haven't thought a whole lot about it because i enjoyed the format as a whole um modifications just i guess general um general way the the brackets are put together and and how the seating is done i mean there's tons of improvements that could be made all across the board but i think there's very minor changes that would need to be made as it is but i mean i'd have to think more about it if there is different structure that we could enjoy more yeah I think the, I love mixed, keep mixed. It can be its own separate thing. I kind of like just one team per. I just love that focus of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think keep that. As far as like overall format, I think the biggest thing is, does it go to, um, I guess two things, but I'll touch on one. One is like, is men's and women's combined and you're just one country. That's a whole, that's a bigger bread basket that yep. we can discuss later. But one I think is, do you like, right? The individual tournament, You crown a world championship, but the main purpose for most is to seed the squad bracket. So I think the question is like, is there a different way you could use to seed the squad bracket? Or is there a completely different tournament format in general, right? So I think it's more, I think that's the biggest thing of like, does the individual stay? Is the individual important? I think that's a big part, right? What is the purpose of the event? Is the individual important? Do we just care about squads? Therefore, 
is individual tournament the best way to seed for that thing? It is, especially in this case. I think when we don't know how good the teams are relatively, but is there a different way to seed it, et cetera? So that's my thoughts for me. I like the format. Again, I think it will t- depend on like what is the goal of the event and what do they want to crown at the end? I, I generally think it was great the way they did it for the first ever tournament. I don't think it could have gone much better. Um, I mean, I understand it being a 15, but if it wasn't, if it was 21, I think it'd be better. But just in general, having the mix, then individual yeah. individuals determining the seeds for squads and having squads, I thought it was great. So yeah, if, if, yeah, if in the future, I'm not really sure how to improve it. I just think what they did it's, for a first try was great. If it stays exactly the same, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so last question is, and I have a little analogy to go off this as we end is which countries will make the biggest improvements from now until the next world championship. Let's say that's within two years. Like we're hoping it's going to be every two years. I have an analogy on this because it was really interesting to see the different styles of countries, but also see some of like how, how countries that maybe finished a little bit lower down really struggled with fundamentals at the tournament. Like in my opinion, a game at the highest level, of course, looked very different to the game of, you know, 25th v 26th in the group because, and in the squad bracket, that is, because you just, in my opinion, the best way I can put it is I just saw so many countries do overhand sets, like for everything, for everything. And if we're talking about just principles, overhand sets are just not good, like for so many reasons. Like if they're, if hey, they're I'll inject that I had some butter overhand sets this past weekend, but well, but <laughs> not recommended. Include Mike because he's incredible at everything he does. Yeah, thank right? you. Overhand sets, it just gives the hitter less time because the ball's not traveling down to come to your hand and then going up and down for the hitter. So it gave, giving them more time to actually read and hit the ball. It's giving them so much yeah, less time because you're, you're touching the ball as it's high. You're not letting it come low. You're touching the ball as it's high. And then as the ball's high, it's going from high directly to low towards the net. Whereas if you're saying underhand, you're letting the ball come from high, coming down to low, giving yourself more time to realize and your teammate more time to come to the net. You're then setting it from low and the ball is going low to high to low towards the net, giving the hitter so much more time to realize their options, get set up on the net and then choose the best, you know, shot given the set, right? It's just, just optimal. Like you, even if you watch a high level game, count the number of underhand sets versus the amount of overhand sets. It will be like 90%, if not 95%, if not higher. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my analogy oh, is... A lot of teams. I don't entirely yeah. agree with it. I saw it from honestly. a lot of teams, <laughs> and especially those teams that maybe came outside the you know the top 16. And my analogy is this. We haven't talked about Ryder for, for a long time because, you know, he's he's uh, gone off Ryder the face. Who? <laughs> because he's, he, he is, yeah. he's gone from the face of Roundnet, which... Hey, I don't blame him. He's getting probably loads of money through golf and doing things he enjoys. Do whatever you want, right? But the analogy I have, take two riders before they ever touch the spike ball, round it ball, right? Whatever. You send one of them to Taiwan. This is no diss against Taiwan. It's just obviously one of the countries I saw do a lot of overhand sets. You send one of them to Taiwan. You send one of them you know, to the US and Preston, what, what he did and what he's done. Now, come back in a year's time. That one that went to the US and is with Preston, wow came you know the best player in the world within a year you take the one that went to taiwan and he's probably the best player in taiwan and 
a decent player. It would have been a decent player at Worlds and him and his partner in the individual tournament would have done quite well. But I mean, he'd be nowhere near the level of the rider that went to the US. But he would have been a good player because his overall, you know, athleticism is a good level and picking things up would have been good. But he would have learned so many poor fundamentals and habits during his time in Taiwan, such as overhand set, that he would have definitely not have reached the same level as he would have been in the US. That's a given. I wish you picked a country that didn't compete because now it's Taiwan catching strays. But no, I no, understand. No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Everyone knows that I love Taiwan and I spoke to so many of them. I'm, I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. saying. And, they, and this yes. is true. And, and they know this because I've spoken to many of them. They set overhand a lot, right? But now, so we've taken this rider that's gone to Taiwan for a year. We've taken this rider that's gone to the US for a year. And now suddenly we have a third rider, mm-hmm. a third rider that's come onto the scene. And he has also now never touched a round net ball in his whole life. Now, if both of them go to the US, the the Taiwan rider that's been in Taiwan for a year and the third rider that's never touched a round net ball before, if you send both of those to the US, the one that's never touched a ball before after six months is going to be miles better than the one that now has in total a year and a half of round net experience under his belt. Why? Because it is so hard to unlearn bad habits. And I really hope like this gives like the perception of people and countries and the work over the next two years and like really understanding and working on the fundamentals, building your clubs, building your regions, building communities, but also building good habits because some just don't let, don't just let people play and just sort of see, Hey, they're going to get better over time. Yes. Everyone's going to get better over time. That Taiwan rider is going to get better over time because he's in Taiwan playing round it free, but there's a way that you can get like the better in the quickest amount of possible. And that is like really focusing on good fundamentals to begin with. And just an example is obviously the overhand sets really focus on those fundamentals and like, yeah, getting good hitting setting, whatever, because then every hour you're putting into the round that you're getting, you know, exponentially better. And I just think it's worth mentioning that because the, the countries that do that will be the countries that do the best in two years time when it comes to world. So what country so, would take that I mean, rider to the top? I mean, then you just, in my opinion, you look at the countries that have the best organizational setup. And Germany will be the closest European country to the US and Canada at the next world championship, in my opinion. I mean, they already was this world championship, but they'd be the ones who compete, really compete with the US and Canada. And then you'll take other countries. I mean, GB are doing a decent job of sort of creating a big, a wide base with good fundamentals. I know Belgium are doing that, really focusing on that. France have many clubs spread out through the whole of France, but it, there's no real standout in my opinion, other than Germany in the world. So it's really I mean, an open door G- to any the to easy, do it. Yeah. Germany is the easy answer for who's going to close the gap. Like, totally. Like, they they were looking great. A mm. lot of good depth, great fundamentals, a lot of energy. Um, I'm going to throw Switzerland in, though. I think Switzerland's my pick. I saw some great fundamentals from those players, and it feels like more of a younger organization and group. Um, I think they're my pick. I just wanted to say, like, Scott, like, separate from this, like, it is, um, like, it seems like Germany and Austria are, like, the big two over there. And it'll be interesting to see how other countries, not just how those teams and others compete with the U.S. and Canada, or just the U.S. on the men's side, but also, like, what European team improve uh, to that aspect as well. Yeah, and that comes down to what they do in the next two years, and yeah building that great base that the world championship has given us in regards to pushing these national bodies in trying to become, yeah, to get the sport as professional as possible and setting the foundations 
you know, nationally for Roundnet. And it'll be interesting to see, yeah, what countries are going to do the best job in the next two years to really make sure they're getting a lot of players in, but also giving them quality and giving the opportunity to get better um, and starting clubs, starting local tournaments, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. Um, way too early, 2024 world's predictions to close it out. <laughs> Top three. <laughs> Top three for each. Women's squads, men's squads. Men's, I have US, Germany, then Canada. I just think mm-hmm. Germany and uh, Canada will switch places because I think just Germany have, have a bigger population than Canada and they are just going to get more athletes in over the next two years and have a better structure. They're going to be rewarded for it eventually, without doubt. Um, I still have US, Canada, Germany. Canada, US, Germany? No, sorry, US, Canada, Germany. <laughs> All right, right, I'll take I'll take Canada, US, Germany. Oh, okay. Dang. Uh, US needs it. to clean it up, send I'll their take... top teams. But be I ready hope to this go. re-inspires the US given. I mean, yeah, they was the best team, you know, and they won individually and they won as a squad, but still the US and USA Roundnet can still do a huge amount in moving forward and creating more clubs, organizations, like national tournaments, so it's less on spiteball as a company and you know, at the end yep. of the day a manufacturer, and it's more about the governing body. Um and then Women's. on the woman's side, yeah, that's interesting. I can't um, pick. It depends. Is Laura still playing in two years? <laughs> yes, and she's playing with her uh, her rumored partner. <laughs> um, That's all I can say. <laughs> so I don't think the US take it in two years. I think it will be a European team without doubt. I'm putting that out there. Which European team? I'm not too sure. Whether that's and, yeah. Austria, Germany, Switzerland, France. I'm not sure. I'll pick Germany. Easy. I'm but, picking Germany. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. It, yeah, it will be a top European team to win. I think the US will come in the top three. Yeah, I think the other team will also be a European team. I got U.S. Germany, Switzerland, U.S. Germany, U.S., Switzerland. I'll go the other yeah, way. I, go... I got U.S. getting second in both, <laughs> and then go... sweeping in 2026. I'll go Switzerland <laughs> out, unfortunately, and I'll put um, Austria in there instead. So I'll go Germany, Ooh. U.S., Austria. Dang, bang, dang. No GB. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, that we've been talking for over two hours. Um, we probably have more we probably have more worlds to talk um so should i just wrap this up yes wrap it up um hey guys this is mike uh gavin and scott if you've been listening for this entire two hours straight impressive um that's like a whole movie if you've done it in chunks uh that's great too i do my podcast in chunks uh thank you to all of you that came up to scott and i and said you liked the podcast at worlds it meant a lot and we will uh i wish gavin was also there to hear all that praise too people uh, really like it. So I hope that means that you listen to the full um, two hours of this. We will probably <laughs> be talking worlds next. Um, but thank you for listening. And shout out to Frey. Shout out to all the organizers. Shout out to everyone who was there who wasn't competing. Shout out to the guys with the drums. If we haven't shouted them out already, we're just making sure like all the we talked about before earlier in the year, people who have so much value to round net who maybe aren't players, photographers, videographers. It was just so many people there doing so so many cool things. Yeah. yeah we got to talk Worlds again because we got so much good stuff to talk about. Still. We do. So, but, yeah. Worlds recap part one, part part two, part one, part two. <laughs> Sorry. Cue the music. 